Hey guys, welcome back to the Girls Gone Wild podcast. Thank you so much for being here and joining our relaunch. This week we have Laura Ligos back on the podcast, one of our BFFs, the sassy dietitian, because we can never we can never have enough conversations about diets, about nutrition, about the rants that we see uh, that we want to go off on. And Laura Ligos is one of our favorite people to talk about with rants because you're often like doing them on your stories. And I love it when you do it because we're like, finally, someone is speaking the truth. Uh, So we're having Laura back on and I promise I'm not going to say Laura Ligos every single time, but it's just like rolls off the tongue so well, Laura. (laughs) I love it. Love being here. Love you guys. And yes, every time I'm listening, you're like, Laura Ligos. I'm like, that's me. (laughs) So just in case people don't know your last name, you do now because we say it all the time. But yeah, anytime I feel like every podcast I reference Laura Ligos at (laughs) least once, Um, just because there's so much, I mean, especially in the diet and exercise world, there's just so much crap and people are trying to sell stuff and it just gets really, really frustrating. So we have you back here and we're going to talk, we're going to talk some rants, of course, but of course, like what's in the forefront of my mind. And I just saw a post mere moments before we recorded was like the, um, earn your Turkey. And I was just Uh. like, no, 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 let's not start that. And we're actually recording this right before Thanksgiving. This episode isn't going to drop until the first week of December, but close enough because we're still going to hear it for the Christmas season and all the other holidays that kind of come around that, whether it be New Year's, whether whatever you celebrate, there is always the earn your fill in the blank. I am just not having it. I almost this was like posted by a gym that I respect pretty well. And part of me want to be like, hey, guys, you know better. Stop. Stop it. And I think that's one of the things, too, is it's so ingrained. I don't think people realize they're doing it. I honestly, there's so many times with nutrition and fitness stuff where I'm like, okay, we crossed this bridge, we got over it. And then it like smacks you again. And you're like, and we're still here. (laughs) And I feel like that rhetoric is one of the ones where I'm like, we're good. We got over it. And, but we didn't every holiday season got, we're unscathed by it a little bit. I just, yeah, the whole like earn your food thing. I seriously thought we already crossed that bridge. I thought we were like, you know what? We don't do this anymore. This isn't a thing anymore. And then I just feel like it is flooding our social media and our gyms and our, our workspaces. And I almost feel like it's because last year we were at home, we weren't socializing, we weren't doing a lot of things. So everyone was just like, feel your feelings and eat whatever you want to eat and don't feel bad about it. And I was like, yes. This is how we should always feel. And then this year, it's the complete opposite. It's like, let's get back to the hustle and bustle. Let's earn our food. Yeah, we got to tighten things up again. We got to tighten it up. Yeah, like none of that. (laughs) I can't stand. There's a couple people that I still follow that I'm like, why am I still following you? I know. Um, But I just, sometimes I just need to watch the train wreck. I just, whatever. That's a whole nother issue for another day. But (laughs) sometimes they'll post stuff and they'll be like, well, I just have to clean up my diet this week because I feel blah, 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 or I feel gross. Or, you know, I let myself, I let myself indulge this week and then I clean up my diet. And it's just like, that's a problem. That's a problem. Okay. So we need to focus on consistency. What do we need to focus on? What can we tell ourselves when we see that 
rhetoric coming across our feed because it's still going to keep coming. So what do we what do we tell ourselves? I think we have to first decide, are we going to continue to follow this person because they're giving us something else, right? Like I definitely follow people that I don't agree with everything they say, but at the same time like I just know that like when this person talks about something, I just move on. I tap through, I I scroll away. If you can't do that with someone though, it might really be time to mute them or to just unfollow them for now. You can always refollow. I promise you the bigger accounts are not going to really notice when you follow and unfollow. So don't feel bad about that. Um, or mute. I mute people all the time when I'm like, you know what? I really like this person, but I just need right. a break. I do so that too. That's yeah. right. That's totally fine. But if that's, you know, if you're like, wow, I have to mute literally everybody on my feed and I don't want to do that. Well, then we need, we probably need a new feed. But anyway, we can start actually talking like, what is our dialogue? What is our rhetoric? What are we saying? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? And why do we feel the need to earn our food? Like, where is that stemming from? Um, and a lot of times people will say, like, oh, well, my mom said it, or, you know, I've always had trainers and gym owners and whatever say this to me. And so we also then have to dig a little bit deeper because if we completely clean out our social media feed, my guess is we won't completely eliminate the problem because we interact with so many other people in a day. So then we have to start recognizing like, first off, Thanksgiving, enter your holiday of choice over the next, you know, few months is only, it only happens once a year. So why are we stressing so much about it? I I have a theory. It just came to my head. I have a theory. I have a theory. Tell me what you think. It just, it it. it makes me think of like the, um, the eating disorder therapists that I've been having conversations with. It has so much to do with we have not been fueling ourselves according to the actual definition of intuitive eating and fueling ourselves in a way that honors our hunger, our hunger cues. So my theory is that we're in a constant, the collective, all of us, most of us in the health and wellness space that are like interested in health and fitness are constantly in a state of mindset of deprivation that when holidays come around, we're like, whoa, we can't control ourselves around food. So we got to go into deprivation mentality. That's my theory. Yeah. I mean, that's totally part of it. I I completely agree. I just saw someone, someone shared with me. I don't know who the doctor was, but they shared with me. The doctor was like, you know, to prepare for going off, you know, the wagon, maybe rails. yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Whatever the phrase is like, you know what you could do, you could enter a fast a few days beforehand. Oh no, no, no. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. So I think you're right. Like I do think that diet culture is so rampant and we have been taught forever that we need to be smaller and that we need to be, we need to be on a diet or we need to be pursuing a diet or we need to be like, you know, motivated to do something as opposed to just being, you know, like I think none of us, not none of us, but a lot of us don't spend enough time in the maintenance phase in the phase where we're just nourishing our body and feeding our body and not thinking about how I can get smaller or how I can manipulate my food, how, how I can truly just feed myself. And you're right. And I think what happens a lot of times is that the holiday food or like, you know, the Thanksgiving meal or the Christmas meal, it's the catalyst for then going completely the opposite way. So you were so quote unquote good for so long. And then all of a sudden you had a taste of what it felt like to be fed and enjoy yourself. And yeah. now your body's like, Oh my God, let's do that again. Right. 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 Cause you're just so deprived. So it's like the diet mentality constantly, like we're setting ourselves up because we're so deprived. And so you're just, you know, whoever that doctor was, is just putting you in a binge and purge mentality. Like totally. what sense does that make? Okay. So, so much of nutrition and the mindset around 
the holidays is because we are conditioned to think that eating a lot of food is bad, that we're just not, we're so not used to listening to our hunger cues. On that note, someone, I think in your feed asked a really good question that I want to pull up really quick because it relates to what we're talking about right now. Navigating your nutrition during the holidays or the detoxes that you have to do after the holidays and the new year is coming up and that's a big push for diet culture. So someone asked a really good question that I think nails a lot of this around how we think about it is there's resources for going on cleanses, like this extreme, right? So there's resources for diet products and doing cleanses and doing detoxes or whatever. But there's not a lot of just like realistic, what if I just kind of want to be aware of what I'm putting in my body? And I think that should just probably be like a year long thing as opposed to focus so much on the, around the holidays. So that's kind of like where you come into because you this is your profession. What do you think about that piece is like, how can we get from the extreme going on cleanses, doing the New Year's resolutions of weight loss? But what if people do want to lose weight? Can you lose weight and still have just like that healthy mindset around it? Yes. But I think the problem, I guess not the problem, but we, we need to, instead of jumping from, you know, A to Z, we have to go through the whole alphabet. So like I live in this gray space. This is why, you know, I don't have one bajillion followers because I refuse to sell anything sexy. There is no quick fix to changing and building your relationship with food. And the way that I look at it is that the way I work with my clients is we're building a healthy foundation. We basically have to completely destroy and demolish and demo whatever, like the house that was there. The house that was there is completely defunct. We need to get rid of it. And then we need to build a foundation. And then and only then when we build that foundation, can we look to something like weight loss? Because you yeah. can't go from such a disordered way of looking at your food and your body to then jump on the, well, I want to be intuitive yeah. and I want to enjoy food it's... and I want to lose weight. I, I'm there with you. I want you to want, you know, be healthy and want those goals. But without the foundation, like it's just going to fall flat again. Yeah. And what you're saying really crosses over so much with what I've talked over with the intuitive eaters. (laughs) The intuitive eating therapist is you start with rejecting the diet mentality, which has so much to do with kind of just demolishing what you've always known and what you've always done. So kind of like in just simplifying it just for the sake of helping everybody listening to this podcast is, first of all, recognizing when it's in front of your face of just being like, oh, that's diet culture mentality. Oh, when you see your gym being like, earn your bird, earn your food, earn your whatever. Or when you see those things kind of when you have the conversations at your family, at your family dinners, where people are talking about how many calories are in whatever, you know, notice that like, oh, yeah, that's diet mentality It's always going to be around us. But I think what we're trying to say, too, is like, I think it's an important discussion to have, but it's also confusing because there's a lot of talk around, like, how do you handle the talk around diets? And are we then, quote unquote, giving in, giving in to thinness as the ideal? Can you just talk like fact based around, is there healthy weight? What does that look like when people want to lose a certain amount of weight that you feel isn't sustainable. Like, how do you suss all of that out? Because that's where I get really confused when we have this discussion. I think it depends. I'm going to throw that statement out there because it always depends. I don't think there is necessarily an ideal weight, but I do think there is an ideal weight for each individual in the season of life that they're in. That ideal weight may be completely different than what you mentally think it is. 
a lot of times when clients come to me, the first thing they say is I want to lose weight or it's, or it's, you know, woven in there, even though they know that I'm not a weight loss dietitian, they know they're not coming to me for weight loss. It is always on, on their list. First, second, last it's on there. You know, I always then dig a little bit deeper and I'm like, why do you want to lose weight? And for some people it's because they used to be a different size for other people. It's because their doctor told them for other people, their BMI, which we know BMI is trash. Like the list goes on and on. When I start hearing people say like, I feel like I'm not, I'm not able to perform, or I feel like my joints hurt in the morning, or like there's, there's, there's real reasons that weight may be hindering health. And we have to get to the bottom of that to see, okay, is weight truly an issue? Because I do believe that there can be health at every size, but I don't believe that every size is healthy. And I think that's where we have to start understanding. And that can go, that spectrum is wide. That could be a too low weight that we're talking about. So I think we have to really understand the individual. You know, I think this is that gray space and it gets mucky and muddy in here because we're not saying that we need to be restrictive and get as small as possible, but we're also not saying throw in the towel and just do whatever, because clearly that's, you know, the opposite. We are saying, let's meet somewhere in the middle. Let's build a healthier relationship with body and with food while also understanding what's sustainable for our body now in this season, as opposed to, you know, what we think the ideal is for us. It sucks because as much as you're working on it in yourself, like I even had the experience recently where I went to the doctor and the doctor praised me for my weight loss. And I was like, I'm actually concerned about how much weight I've lost. I'm nursing. My supply is dropping. Like, please don't, don't do that. Like that felt really icky to me. And I'm like, yeah. And I, you know, I understand so many of my clients have these experiences around weight and their doctor. And I think doctors need to start understanding other ways to assess health and wellness outside of the scale. It's not to say we don't take it into consideration. It's as I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it 5 million times until we understand it. Weight is one metric of health. It's not the metric of health. You know, I think we could go on and on about that, but I just think we have to understand, like we have to meet in the middle. There can be health at every size, but every size is not healthy for the individual. For the individual. Correct. Okay. So the, and that, that helps because I think that when we have that conversation, I always make the error of kind of like generalizing, which I know better than to do that because you've said it, the eating disorder therapists have said it, where it's just like, there's, it's not black and white. None of this is black and white. And so can we have the conversation in a completely different podcast about thin privilege and fat phobia? Yes, because that is a problem. But when we're just kind of talking about the nuts and bolts of working with a dietitian and individual health goals, whatever health means, it has so many components to it that we can't really kind of marry those two. But then there is also an issue, like you said, which in like the medical field where people are commenting on weight loss and telling people to lose weight when that might not be something they should be doing. I mean, literally in that same appointment. So the walls are paper thin. Um, and I could hear the doctor having a conversation with the patient next door to me. And of course I can like hear it's all about diet. And it made me sad because never once did the doctor say, what are you currently doing? And that 
makes me so angry because a lot of my clients deal with this in that they're working with a dietitian and we are unraveling and untangling so many knots and you know learned behaviors about diet culture that weight loss hasn't crossed our plate yet because it's just not the time for it but so much good has happened and that doctor never asked because the doctor literally probably looked at the weight and that's normally what I'm hearing from my clients and what I'm seeing and what even I experience like I was praised on weight and yet I was coming with other concerns and other problems and you know I'm like we just need to get away from it and understand that it needs to be objective and one measure one metric that's it and we need to ask the individual like never once did she say hey how like what are you currently doing for your diet and lifestyle like how's that working out for you do you have questions do you need a referral like that's where the conversation needs to be as opposed to just like oh well your weight's up this year here's the dash diet like uh, what and then or even then- that of just like i think of mental health and how <sighs> weight fluctuations really coincide with our mental state yeah a lot of things could go into that and i think that that's really important but that's unfortunate yeah it it sucks and it's it's just something that unfortunately is just continuing on and on with diet culture and with unfortunately i think doctors play a big role in this as well and i'm not against doctors you know i know you're not either like i think there's a time and a place for all different disciplines but the doctor is not a dietitian they have minimal education on nutrition. I know a few who go out of their way and go above and beyond because they're interested in it. And I I love that for them. But for everybody else, they get 15 minutes with a patient and that 15 minutes does more harm than good because now the patient comes away and all they can think about is, guess I need to lose weight again. And so the cycle continues. And now their whole life is about getting smaller and losing weight and they keep gaining weight because unfortunately they get on this binge and restrict cycle and you have the holidays and the holidays then turn into the big efforts. Like, well, you know what? I couldn't control myself on Thanksgiving. So F it. I'll start over in January. As opposed to being like, you are human. You went into the meal hungry and therefore you had no control, not because you're a bad person or because you're not motivated, but because you were hungry. One word, you were hungry and your body needed fuel. And so that made you human. And that we learned from that. Next time, you know what we do? We go into the meal fed. We eat a breakfast the morning of Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday that you're set you're celebrating. We go in fed, not because we're trying to eat less at that meal, but because our body gave us that feedback of we were hungry because we have tried, we have literally told our body for years and years and years that I can't eat, or I need to save up my calories, or I need to wait until the meal and I'll be really good tomorrow morning. As opposed to just being like, hey, it's a it's a morning. I'm gonna feed myself today. Yeah. And it's that, again, I'm going to, I refer to you so much on the intuitive eating episodes when we talk to the therapist. So I'm going to kind of do the same thing here because it's just like, if you're really working with someone who is an expert on intuitive eating, and I'm very much simplifying it because I am not an expert in intuitive eating, but they would say, you know, when you're working with someone like that, they're going to say, eat what sounds good. What do you feel like eating? And most people have no idea what that what that is. Uh, Or if you end up going into Thanksgiving and eating, quote unquote, too much, whatever that is, maybe you just don't feel good. Maybe that's your cue that doesn't feel good. And you kind of feel stuffed in that like uncomfortable feeling, you might do that, you know, so so much of what I love about the intuitive eating work as it relates to like the Evelyn AAA books, is that yeah, you might. So what we're doing by avoiding and putting the fear of God from the diet culture into people around the holidays of like, don't gain that weight is because 
we got to keep that diet culture train running, you know, earning the bird, doing all the whatever workouts to earn your food is just ridiculous when in reality, you should be like, what do I feel like eating today? Maybe I'm going to eat more than I normally would. And that's okay, because you just might, you just might. And maybe tomorrow you have five pieces of pie, you just might. But guess what? Your body's probably pretty smart and isn't going to want five pieces of pie every day for seven days straight. You know what I mean? It's like, these are the things that we just need to start like exposing ourselves to. And that's like back to the intuitive eating conversations. But like that diet fear mentality makes me so angry that that's what it's doing to prey on people this time of year. Totally. And I think it's also like, I don't know if it's like a moral status or whatnot. I don't know if that's the right phrase I'm looking for, but like, especially in the fitness world, I see this a lot. It's just like, how good are you? How worthy are you? How motivated (gasps) are you? People being like, I just ran a 10 K and look how fit I am. And then I'm going to, I mean, look, I'm fine with hydration, but people being like, and I'm just going to drink water until dinner or whatever, you know, just like that type of showing off is really, really bad. It's really bad. Yeah. And then it makes you feel like you're not good enough. So either you go ham sandwich and you're just like, great, I'm going to run a 5k. I'm going to drink water all day. I'm not going to eat all day. I'm going to be so good. And tomorrow I'm going to start my diet. You're like hypervigilant or you're the opposite. And you're like, well, I'm not good. So I'm just going to give in as opposed to like, guess what? You're not good or bad for doing either of those. And like, there's no competition. There's no winning. You're earning the bird or whatever that phrase is, you know, like, I don't know. I think that's part of the culture that I'm kind of falling out of. I don't, I don't think I realized when I was in it, like very deep in the fitness space, how, you know, even though I may not have been talking at that talk, I just didn't realize how much it surrounded me of the like PRs and the RX and the, you know, I need to hit one more workout and I need to, you know, run the 5k and hit a workout and, you know, do 10 squats for every, whatever I eat, which please don't do that. But I think there's a lot of that going on too, in that space of just like that. Well, you know, I'm going to one up everybody. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit is talking about hormones as it relates to diet. And is, is that a thing Uh, specifically, maybe if you're entering menopause, you know, there's a lot of articles that you read out there and what is true, what is not true. How much does food play into our hormones as women? Ah, the hormone healers. So your hormone, guess what? We all have hormones. (laughs) I know it's shocking. Yeah. We all have hormones. Yeah. (laughs) We all have them. Here's the thing is that one of my friends says that hormones are the last stop on the train. There's a lot more that comes before it that we need to focus on before we need to focus on the hormones. The hormones are like, you know, the sexy, you know, whatever party at the end that we really want to focus on because it's, everyone can feel it. Everyone knows that they exist, right? Our libido tells us how we're doing. Our skin tells us how we're doing. Um, Our menstrual cycle or lack thereof tells us how we're doing. For men, it's like, how much muscle am I gaining? Like there's all these different things that it's kind of like the show, but it's not all the prep that went into the show. And so we have to start looking at, you know, the stops all along the train ride to understand why our hormones are the way that they are. And so here's the thing is that yes, nutrition is important. However, let's go back to foundations. Most of us need to be working on the foundations and working on them 
consistently and myself included. I can use myself as an example. Like I have had the worst experience with my body coming down from nursing. I'm not fully weaned from nursing, but my body has almost done like a 180 because my son was eating so much food that it just tanked my supply along with getting sick because of daycare. Like it was the perfect storm. And I've never had a hormonal swing like that before in my life. So I didn't run and say like, give me, you know, the special, whatever. Don't, I didn't even look to birth control. Instead I said, okay, what am I not doing? What's going on? I haven't been sleeping consistently. I haven't been eating breakfast consistently. I haven't been drinking enough water consistently. None of these are like magic, sexy things. They're just these foundations. And so I would say most people who are having some hormonal issue, whether it's, you know, perimenopause, menopause, or whether it's a problem with your menstrual cycle, whether you have it or you don't have it, or you have it really heavy or rough PMS leading up to it, or for men, like how's your sex drive? How's your performance? How's your recovery? Like all of that is what we see. That's like the tip of the iceberg, but everything underneath is the reason that we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. You know, I know everyone wants a quick fix. Believe me when I tell you, I I literally am in your shoes right now. And I wanted a quick fix. I went to my dietitian friends because I couldn't look at myself objectively. And I said, here's everything that's going on please tell me what's wrong with me. And you know what they said? They said, well, you're nine months postpartum. You had your first cycle. You haven't been sleeping regularly for nine plus months because you know, the months leading up to having the baby, you're not really sleeping. You're not feeding yourself consistently. You're only focused on feeding your child consistently. And the list went on and on. And it's all the things that I tell my clients. So I am, I am you. And I completely understand. I also would love a quick fix. I love for someone to be like, you know what? All you got to do is you got to, you know, I don't Eat know. Eat some celery. Yeah. 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 Like do <laughs> celery and then you'll be great, you know, or, you know, going back to our Milano diet, maybe we just need to eat Milano's. <laughs> Milano cookies. Yeah. We Remember came we up with that last that? year, didn't we? The Milano yeah. diet, that would have been amazing. Uh, yeah. But yes, it's like we, uh, of course I want that too. Who doesn't when you have hormonal issues, but there's no, there's no quick fix with the hormones because once again, mm. they're the, they're the last yeah. stop or the tip of the iceberg. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there claiming they're hormone experts. Mm. And I'm like, are you though? That's interesting. Because as you're talking, I'm thinking about when I worked with my naturopathic doctor, and she tested everything under the sun. And let's just say my hormones were tanked, tanked to the tank. And it was nothing like a quick fix. It was exactly what you said. She's like, you got to focus on sleep. How much water are you drinking? She looked at my diet. I mean, she's not a nutritionist, but she just looked at the timing of when I was eating. She's like, you're not eating breakfast. You need to eat within an hour of waking and then stress levels and working out. I couldn't, I had to really take down the workouts because, hey, guess what, guys? Stress on the body. (laughs) So, I mean, all these things are not fun answers, but you're totally, it's like, oh yeah, that's true. It's the basics. It's the foundation. It's, it's, the, it's the basics. And I'm you this, this year, like different, different issues, but same foundations. And I think that's where we get lost is like, okay, yes, we are having, we probably had completely different symptoms and issues, maybe some overlapping, but like for different reasons of why they happened, but their foundations mm-hmm. are exactly what we both needed. Yeah. And then, then once then. you accomplish those, there's other things that you can level up with. But we want to go to the level up first. We want to be like, what's this yeah, fancy like, tonic how about I can some ashwagandha? Do? Like, what are the, what, can I drink some mushroom tea or like whatever? Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. It's so true though. And most people, what I'm guessing, 
tell me what you see with your clients. But my guess is people don't realize that they're stressed or they don't realize that they're doing a mill. Like you, like you said to your friends, your dietitian friends, you're like, I need you to objectively tell me because when you're in it, you can't see it. And I was, I'm the first person to admit, like I was running at a hundred miles per hour. And when I finally slowed down to 30 miles per hour, I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Now I see the light. Let's take a quick break and talk about our favorite sponsor, Ned. Guys, it's the holidays. It's the holidays. So do you have stressors around the holidays, Claire? Do you get stressed? I'm I'm a pillar of stress, Joy. (laughs) Well, it's like this type of time of season where everyone has a million and one things to do, even though we're still trying to social distance and maybe there's not as many parties to plan for. There's still a lot to do. So I feel like if you're feeling the extra stress, if you're feeling like there are just too many things on your to-do list and you're like, I just am feeling it at the end of the day, I can't wind down. Might we suggest our favorite partners, Ned, and their products of CBD? I advocate for (laughs) using the, I'm advocating for the sleep blend still because I love it, love it, love it. And I love the people who are writing in. They're like, I can't wait for hotel sleep. So if you are having the same feelings as I am, I'd love to hear your feedback because I truly still feel like I get hotel sleep when I use the sleep blend. But I've also been using just their CBD blend for the daytime just to kind of de-stress. And a lot of people are also loving the Mellow products. So I don't know what you're still using, Claire, but I am. Yeah, I tried the Mellow products for the first time because I also take magnesium as like a supplement that's been recommended by my doctor to help with migraines. I was like, well, why am I taking CBD and then like swallowing this giant magnesium pill? I could just take this mellow product and I love it. I take it before bed. It's really, really wonderful. It tastes delicious. Um, it definitely, it's, you know, meant to replace like a natural calm or something like that. Like you otherwise we could just kind of drink before bed. I'm definitely a big fan of it. So let me just do a quick rundown of what is in their de-stress blend. And it's been in development for over a year. So it's a one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, one of my favorite words to say, cardamom and cinnamon. And now for the holidays, Joy and Claire listeners get 20% off Ned products, 20% off you guys, with code JOY. When you spend more than $150, Ned is throwing in free gifts with every order. Visit hellonedcom Like chapstick. Like oh chapstick, guys, guys. I feel like we don't mention the. We don't mention enough. the chapstick enough. It's so it's like an angel just kissing on your, your lips, just kissing your dry, <laughs> cracked winter lips. If if for no other, like if, if I uh, yeah, I would spend one hundred thirty dollars just in chapstick, and not because I mean it is I'm expensive, not, but like it's like I can't. I literally can't imagine a better stocking stuffer. No, I cannot imagine a better stocking stuffer. So I we have completely failed to mention how great their chapstick is. But yes, they are throwing in free gifts. Get that chapstick. Visit helloned.com forward slash joy to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 20% off plus free gifts with orders over $150. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Yeah, it's so hard. And we live in a society where that's, that's the norm. We're expected to do. And I am working with a therapist now, finally. I'm so thankful that I went this path. But she 
I got a light bulb the past, like last week and she goes, did you ever think that you're always trying to do and you're never trying to be? And I was like, I was like, what? And when she said that, I was like, no, but now that you say it, yes, I have for my entire life always had a to-do list. Mm. I always check it off. I just want to do, do, do. And when things get hard, I perform as opposed to when things get hard, I just, I just am. And I just let it. And I just feel my feels instead of thinking my feels. And I just allow myself the downtime. She literally was like, you ever just like take a day and lay on the couch? And I was like, say what? And she was like, so that's a no. And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, this is where we're going to start. Yeah. Yeah. But it's true. And you don't know till you're in it or until someone kind of points it out to you that you're kind of like, oh, because you are in it is what I meant to say. Like when you're so just doing your thing in your routine and you think that's your normal because that is your normal place. And most people, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think sometimes it sounds a little airy to just be like, yeah, take take some time, relax. And a lot of people are like, I don't have time to do that. You can find ways to take care of yourself. And that is finding ways to improve your sleep, finding ways to drink more water, finding ways to fuel yourself, finding ways to feed yourself throughout the day. Okay, so I really, really like that because I do see a lot of like the hormone healing, which I'm like, uh, what does that really entail? I don't know what that entails. Right. And that, I mean, that's just it. It's sexy. And a lot of times people can res it resonates with them because they're like, Oh yeah. You know, my cycle has been really off or, you know, insert whatever hormone issue you're having. And now it's like, Oh, there's this sexy tonic. There's the celery juice cleanse, like whatever I can fix it as opposed to the opposite of being like, I need to slow down mm-hmm. and I need to dig deeper and I need to be consistent. Well, it sounds really basic too. And I know yeah. that's another thing when my naturopathic doctor told me that I was like, so that's, I mean, granted, I was doing a lot of other things, but they weren't like rocket science it wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of rocket science. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say 90% of it was what you just said of like, really slowing down, cutting back on the exercise, making sure I was sleeping. I mean, whenever I would do check ins with her, those were the main things she asked about a lot of what you would ask about. How's your poop? How's your sleep? Are you eating well? Are you hydrating? Has anything like really changed? You know, and then all the other things that she had me on, which is a different one. But I think like we really underestimate the value of that. Getting to a couple questions too, is someone asked last time, last time you were on, you talked about creatine for women and you were Mm -hmm. like reading up on some studies. Have you been trying that? And is there any updates you have? I was trying it. And then I will be completely honest and transparent. My son got sick from daycare. And we literally went on a two month phase where somebody in my house was sick at all times. And I completely fell off the wayside. Yeah. Um, Understandable. When I was on it, I didn't notice anything immediate. But because so with creatine, there's two ways to go about it. And research shows both are fine. You can either do a loading period where you're doing, I think, like three servings a day. And so then it basically builds up your stores quickly. And so you'll see the results faster. And I wasn't willing to do that one because I hated the taste of it. And two, I just was like, I can barely remember like to feed myself breakfast at that time. So honestly, I probably should be focused more on that. Um, once again, the basics. Or you can just do the five grams 
once a day. And it's just going to take longer for you to see any return on investment. I do think there's a lot of value in it for the from on the female perspective that has nothing to do with performance. It has to do with cognitive function and anxiety and depression. However, once again, let's go back to the basics. I needed probably immediately postpartum. Um, but you know, even two months ago when my son got sick and then we all got sick, I probably need to be, we're focusing more on the foundations, not creatine. So, you know, I like to try things out because I don't love to recommend things to clients unless I've done it myself, but I do think that there's value in it. But once again, like go back to the basics, how is your sleep? How's your poop? How's your, how are your relationships? You know, how is your energy? Like so many things that come before let's add creatine. But I do think it's a positive and I do think it can be totally beneficial to your health. I just don't think it's like the only thing. Got it. Okay. Like the cherry on the top of the ice cream cone or whatever. Right. Sunday. Right. Where do you put cherries? Yeah. Anywhere. You put them anywhere. Um, okay. Someone asked supplements to keep aging ligaments and joints happy. Is that a thing? Um, I feel like most people look to either collagen or chondroitin. Then there's one that goes with a glutamine, probably wrong. Someone's sure. shouting at me, someone's <laughs> shouting at me, but my brain is like, not, it's not fully there because I haven't been focusing on the, focusing on the basics. So I'm like literally two yes. weeks into this yes. anyway. Um, it'll come to me. But the thing is, is that once again, we need to look at the big picture. So why are your joints hurting? Is it because you're running and lifting and doing 500 things and not fueling yourself enough? Are you overtraining and under eating? Mm. Are you just putting too many miles on your body? Are you sitting too much? Are you the reverse? Are you too sedentary? So when you do move your body's like, what are we doing? Are you hydrating enough? Are you, you know, eating enough protein? Are you sleeping enough? Do you have weight to lose? And that weight that's hanging on, is it because of stress? Are you working too much? Are you in a bad relationship? Like there's so many things that we have to do before we get to the point of what supplements can I take? And then at that point, you may, if you struggle with eating enough protein, then protein and or collagen could be a good option because we're supporting all that lean body mass with protein. You know, and people ask me all the time, is like collagen good? Is it not? Collagen is a fine supplement. It's not going to, you know, help you achieve all of your beauty goals. You're not going to look like the latest bachelor star who's using it. Like you're never going to look like them, no matter what you're going to look like the beautiful you that you are. Oh, so Laura, I really want to look <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> crushing my dreams. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, don't you, yeah. can you see my wrinkles? I don't know. All this collagen. No, no, no. it's not going to fix my wrinkles. Which is totally fine. Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna age I, gracefully. I'm not yeah. Gonna, yeah. I may not. But I mean, you know, after having a child, I'm like, am I gonna age grace? I have no idea. We're just getting one Who day. Who cares? Time. We're just trying to make it to 70. You know what? I actually feel like I'm gonna have more lines and wrinkles because that kid makes me laugh and smile so much. <laughs> you know what? Okay, like so be Great. it. Great. But yeah, collagen, here's the thing is that you can get collagen through food. You can also get all of the amino acids found in collagen in protein. So you can also just eat enough protein. I like using collagen for the person who maybe wants to get a little bit more protein in their diet and they want a flavorless powder that mixes well. And collagen, for whatever reason, is better, in my opinion, at mixing into things than whey, but it's not the superior protein necessarily. Glucosamine and chondroitin. That's it. That's what I meant to say. Everyone who was shouting, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry for that. There's been some research that it could help with joints, 
but the research is not very strong from what I've seen. And so it's one of those things where like, do everything else. And then if you want to do a joint, I think they're like, they're normally called like joint supplements or whatever. They're either a liquid or a pill. But once again, that's like, let's go back to what we were just talking about. If you're doing all the foundations, you've laid all of that, you're at a weight that your body can sustain while also being comfortable, then we need to say, okay, maybe we try, maybe we try adding a supplement and seeing if that helps. Um, but it's not normally a supplement deficiency. It's normally I'm doing too much and I'm not recovering. I'm not resting. I'm not eating enough protein. I'm not hydrating enough, you know, and go back and forth on all of those boring, not sexy things. Right. Because you just want to go to the supplement aisle and be like, I need all these things. And turns out we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, next question. When you're dieting healthily and reach your quote unquote goal weight, how do you stop losing weight and just maintain? We eat more food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the simple answer, right? Yeah. There's obviously always a complex answer. And the answer is it depends on the person and the individual. Sure. But really, it's just eating more food yeah. and knowing that you may have swung too far. And that's okay. You may gain some weight back, but here's the thing. Your body wants to be safe. And because of that, sometimes we hold on to more weight than we think we should. So your goal weight might actually be a goal weight range and that's okay too. So it's understanding if I can't maintain this weight while eating enough, then that weight was probably not where I needed to be. And that's something we have to get over as well, because if we don't, then we will be chronically dieting for the rest of our life because we'll be focused on that goal weight. What are your favorite, what is one or two of your favorite rants right now? And when I say favorite, I mean, like what has really had your... Barn can burning? I, can I say the CrossFit nutrition? Yeah, I, I really wanted you to say it. I didn't want to push you to say it, but go ahead. Let's do it. Oh, man. So this came out, I think it was last week, literally in my email because I'm still, I think this I think I'm a CrossFit trainer, so I don't know because I haven't done it in years. But I, know, um, I think I think uh, mine expires soon. But yeah, it's really funny. I'm like, I'm not it. paying any more money. Nope, me neither. <laughs> um, that came through my email. And I literally stopped everything. And I was like, hold up, let me dig a little bit deeper, tap, 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 tap. And I sign on to, you know, whatever the site. And it is a course that I added up all the minutes is eight hours long. And you can pay $120 to be certified through CrossFit. And one of their first certified things, in what nutrition, Oh, CrossFit okay. nutrition. Okay. Okay. And, um, which is ma mainly just paleo. <laughs> I kidding. honestly, because only 120 bucks, I have toyed with the idea of being like, well, I could just, I don't really want to give the money, but I'm like, I could just dig in and see to what see, the heck they're talking yeah. about. It's market research, right? And who um, runs it? Who's, who I is it taught know. by? That, I would be super curious to know who teaches it. Same, which is why I'm like, maybe I'll just go in there. Um, if anyone has it and wants to share, I will also. Yeah, please just tell us who is running and here's, this class. Here's my rant. My disclaimer. My disclaimer is if you want to better educate yourself on nutrition in any way possible, just for the sake of understanding a different perspective and learning a little bit more, fine. I have no issue with that. You can read books, you can get certifications by all means. The problem is, is that 
where I'm making some assumptions is that now all your CrossFit trainers and gym owners are going to get all their trainers certified. And now they will be giving nutrition advice one-on-one and in group settings and giving doling out meal plans. And that's the issue. There's probably not going to be a scope of practice Mm -hmm. because CrossFit thinks that they know best especially when it comes to nutrition. And I've had, I've thought this spot for years. You can go on my website. I think I have a whole post on CrossFit versus dietitians. And like, it's just, it boils my blood because here's the other thing. One of the first lines on this page talks about like how carbs lead to disease. And I'm totally messing up that phrase, but more or less, that's what I got out of that. And I was like, this is a problem because Your sport is a high intensity sport that requires carbohydrates so that the person doesn't become burnt out. You know why so many people are burnt out in CrossFit because they're overtraining and under eating. And I'm hundred percent think that I fell a victim to that as well. And I'm now postpartum crawling out of that hole that I dug myself, even though I ate carbs, I ate plenty, but it's a very stressful, high intensity sport. Mm-hmm. And because of the nature of it, there's all this PRing that goes on and hitting their RX button and reaching the next goal and whatever, beating the person next to you. And so all of that stress requires carbohydrates. And now you're telling people to, right, like you said, paleo or, oh my God, if they say zone in there, I will lose my mind. So yeah, that's, it boils my blood. And on the page, I didn't see anything about scope of practice. I would hope that in the course they talk about, you know, how this is just for furthering your education. It's not meant to be used as a certification for you to treat people. Right. To give advice, to give nutrition advice. Yeah. But if I was a betting woman, I would bet that it's not so plain. They might be in there in some like weird backwards way, but I would guess that CrossFit wants their trainers to be giving nutrition advice because they think that dietitians and everyone in the nutrition field is pushing the standard American diet and we're to blame for the obesity epidemic or whatever you want to call it. And then we could also talk for hours about the obesity epidemic, the quote unquote obesity epidemic, which... Yes. Um, yeah, so a whole other can of worms. With a whole other can of worms, yeah. which yeah. Is, is kind of like this fit, thin privilege and mm. fat is bad. And it just, oh my gosh, don't even get me started. That is a great rant. And I'm going to go to hell and I'm just going to risk, I may cut this out. I may not. I just got, I get really bothered when I see elite athletes pushing products or especially elite CrossFit athletes, but one in particular who, if you're in the CrossFit world, you know who I'm talking about like had some fitness and nutrition program that she was selling. And my blood is boiling right now. <laughs> and the video in the ad was like, do you want to know how I got my body? Basically, like got my body back, got this body after I had a baby. Well, sign up for my program. And I just about lost my, my freaking mind. Because and Claire and I kind of talked about this was like, well, first of all, she is an elite athlete. So she had an elite level of fitness before having a baby that we will never achieve or be close to because we're not at that level. So you can't really start. It's like starting at 10 miles ahead of everybody else to be like, look, you can do what I did. And then it kind of reminded me of like that. Well, I did it. Therefore I can teach people how to do it. I lost such and such weight on a diet. Therefore now I can teach people how to do it. I eat. Therefore I can teach people how to eat type of thing. That really bothered me. I mean, because that is that is doing so much harm. It is doing so much harm. And look, 
I guarantee she knows not what she does, <laughs> meaning I don't think she realizes how much harm she's doing. I really think there's there is a there is an audience for that. There's an audience that will be like, great, sign me up. Maybe they'll have a great experience, but I guarantee you in five years, they're going to be so tired of dieting that they're going to kind of like listen to this episode and be like, yeah, that was me five years ago. But you know what I'm saying? Like there is an audience for that. They love their diets. They love the hashtag no rest days or whatever. We're just here to tell you, hey, everybody, lovely people will be here when you're sick of that. I know. And I tell a lot of my clients, I'm like, you're right where you need to be. You had to go through what you went through to be ready to make this change. So it sucks that you had to go through it. It sucks that you had to fall victim to that. But a lot of times it's the motivation that you need to stay the course and recognize how toxic that is. And exactly, I agree. I don't think that this person, I don't think she does it in a malicious way. I just Not don't at all. think. She's but, a lovely person. But what scares me is that before this came out, I was seeing a ton of disordered body image and eating around her pregnancy. And then I saw it immediately postpartum. And she had, I mean, her child was born so early and she was in the hospital working on a nutrition program. And it broke my heart because I was like, this is what you think you have to do. And this is actually, I've been having this conversation with another, a fellow dietitian and mom is that we're seeing a lot of influencers who feel the need to like document everything immediately postpartum. I didn't even know where my phone was postpartum. Are you kidding? I'm like 24 hours awake and in labor. The last thing on my mind was I have to tell social media, No, no. you know, and that's, this is the culture that it's become. It's like, we have to bounce back. And I feel like it's not even the the body bounce back culture. It's the like business bounce back culture. Yeah, that's interesting. That's really interesting. And I've seen that too. And I I think that's why it makes me feel icky when I see it. Cause I'm like, don't you want to just like go be with your family for a while? Yeah, it's it's very interesting to me, but I'm not an influencer of that level. So I don't know, maybe that's just like when you are make a living that way, that's just what you have to do. I, as just a person, consumer that looks at all of the information coming at me, I do, I see influencers, elite athletes that put so much pressure on themselves and I can't help but think like, oh, well, we've all been in a spot, you and I just talked about it, where when you're so in it, you don't know what else, you don't know, you can't be objective, because you're so in it. So we've all been in that spot in our life in one place or another. And I see that where I'm like, oh, I hope my heart hurts, because I don't think that this really is making you happy, like chronic dieting and putting so much pressure to, you know, maybe do a fitness competition right after you have a baby that can't make you super happy. Maybe it does. And if it does, great. But I think like that to me is an example of you're so into a culture, you can't see the forest or the trees. Like you cannot see that you are in something that is ultimately really damaging. And then you go and teach people, quote unquote, teach people to do the same thing. That's what really bothered me was like, this is, you have such a large audience that you're giving people information that could really harm them. But it's not my job to police the internet. And we just hope that people don't get harmed. Or if they do, they find someone like you that can say, hey, you had to go through what you went through. And here we are now. And now we're going to go on a different journey. Totally. And I think that the responsibility falls, falls on both parties in that you know, it falls on that influencer to understand the gravity of what she's talking about, know her scope. But 
at the same time, that's not happening. So you as the consumer, if you're being triggered by this, I actually unfollowed this person probably right after she gave birth because they're literally, I just started seeing all of it and being pregnant myself at the time post miscarriage. It was very toxic to me. I was like, Whoa, like you just had a baby. What's happening? So that is on the consumer as well. And understanding like maybe you follow that person for different reasons. Maybe you really love certain things that they talk about and it doesn't, you know, negatively impact you. But when she does, they do talk about, you know, diet or weight or whatever it might be, you just need to click through and you need to just recognize like, you know, that's, that's okay to not consume everything that everybody is posting. And, you know, you're right. Like there will come a time where if you're following that and it's really toxic to you, you'll probably realize it five, 10 years down the road. And I'm sorry for that, but you know, you're right. We can't police the internet no matter how much we want to. Yeah. It's so funny. There's like a, um, I think it's like a meme or cartoon or something like Adam Grant always talks about how he, Adam Grant, the, he's a researcher. He's written a ton of books about work life. He's great. But he always talks about how this cartoon has someone like furiously typing on a computer and the wife is like yelling at this person that's like, what are you doing up so late? And they're like, someone is wrong on the internet. (laughs) And Uh. he's like, he's like, admittedly, that used to be me. He's like, I used to always just anytime I always had to prove them wrong or whatever. We all have that reaction when we're seeing information that we're like, what? So it is on us, the consumer, it is on us to say, oh, okay, I don't like this anymore, turning it off or unfollowing or muting or what have you. Where my concern is the more vulnerable audience that maybe is really in deep into a culture, into a fitness culture where this rhetoric is around them so much that they don't realize the harm it's doing. And, you know, if, if we can reach reach one person by having this conversation to just say, look, there's, <laughs> there is a better way, I promise, because we've all been there. And that saves you from doing that program that is just going to keep you going in circles on a hamster wheel, and then feeling worse about yourself, like, I want to hopefully help someone by having these conversations. Yeah. And that's what I feel like I try to tell people too, is like, I'm just trying to show you the real in between. I'm not perfect. And I don't expect you to be perfect. And you know, it's the the in between isn't sexy. It's not doesn't sell. um, But it's what most people are going through. Most people are in the middle in every aspect, you know, and motherhood has really taught me that because the diet stuff I saw, but because I was so close to it, you know, it was easy in a way. Like I, I understand how to be in the gray space in diet culture, because that's just where I've lived for the past you know 10 years. Whereas in motherhood, I've only lived in that space for nine months. And I definitely fall within the gray space there too. And I think a lot of women do, but it's so amazing how toxic that culture is. And just insert whatever community or problem you're going through. And I think that, you know, that spectrum lies in all of it. There's always going to be the extremes, the all or nothings. And the gray space is probably where most of you fall. And if you're not seeing that depicted by whoever you're following, then chances are you're just in a very extreme camp and an extreme echo chamber. And we all, you know, it can be really toxic. And we, but once again, going back to your whole point is like, you may not know until you're out of it until you, you know, you maybe hit a rock bottom and you're just like, well, this isn't working. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. So wrapping up, you have a new book coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sneak peek for you. Oh my God. 
gosh, I'm so yeah. excited. She's holding up a copy. I okay, love it. So okay, tell us everything. It is called the Busy Person's Meal Planner. I basically found I'm a busy the, person and I like yeah. to meal plan. <laughs> So many people come to nutrition in a, in a, I want a diet mentality. And when they leave me, they no longer want to diet. They just want to make it a sustainable change. And so I found that there wasn't anything that was really talking about meal planning. And so I wanted to be about how to have meal plan and meal prep, but like for a busy person, because most people then come to meal planning and they're like, Oh my God. So I have to, to come from it from like the bodybuilding perspective of like, oh, okay, totally. I have to eat chicken, broccoli and rice. Totally. This isn't about counting macros. This isn't about being perfect. It's totally just about how I have figured out the meal planning process. And every single one of my clients, it's funny because they don't know this yet, but they've all gone through this method and we've pared it down to, I think it's the top five steps that I use. Love that I don't even know that anymore, but I pared it down. (laughs) Um, And so half of the planner is a meal planner. It talks about my process to meal planning, the basics. And then there's, I think, 60 recipes in here. Um, And then there's a weekly planner that, as you can see here, is planning out your meals for the week with a grocery list. Love it. Because I wanted it to be all encompassing. I wanted to teach you how to meal plan while also giving you a meal planner that's pretty basic. We Um, love a list. We love lists. We love a list. And it's perforated so you can rip your grocery list off and go about your merry way to the grocery store. Even better. And it's super fun colors because I was like, listen, if this is going to have my name on it, it has to be sassy. It's got to be colorful. So we've got color. But it it comes out in January. It was supposed to come out before the holidays, but going to use the phrase, there's been supply chain issues. So uh, when they told me that, I was like, I don't really understand what that means. I mean, I do, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, who cares? So it's coming out in January. You can get it on Amazon. There is, and I'll send you the website. Okay. It's a link on my website and I'm pretty sure it just says my book. So you can check it out. Um, there's some really beautiful pictures that I did not take, but my publisher did. And you can pre-order it on Amazon if you want to get it for the holidays or ask for it for Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating. But I just really felt like it fit the need of my clients. It's what I wish every one of my clients had because so many people come to me just confused. They're like, okay, well, I'm not dieting. I'm not on a diet, but how do I feed myself? And so this yeah. is the beginner's guide for the busy person on how the heck do we get food on the plate and make it fun and make it tasty and healthy all at once. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait to see it. That's really And cool. I worked yeah. on it when I was like seven months pregnant and I just look back at myself and I'm like, you did this to yourself. This is why you're so stressed. You didn't sit down your whole pregnancy, um, you but it was a labor of love. Being. Yeah. That's I was great. not being, I was doing, but I'm very proud of it. I'm really excited for it to get out there. It's a lot different than my first cookbook. This one, I had all the freedoms, whereas last time I was really tied to what I was supposed to be doing as opposed to what I wanted to do. And this one is all me. This is all my baby. The publisher literally just like, you know, gave me like constraints of like, don't go too long winded, Laura. And I'm like, got it. Um, And then have fun. I'm like, okay. I can do that. That is so exciting. Well, we'll post a link in our show notes too. And I'm actually really excited because this could be like the 2022, you know how everyone new year wants to go on a diet. You could just be like, no, we're not doing that here. No. Just take this book and just feed yourself. Yep. Here's how to feed yourself. Yeah. Right. Cause that goes back to the gray space of like, totally. so many people get caught in the like, okay, well I'm not dieting anymore, but I don't want to say F it. 
So let's just learn how to feed ourselves yep. and have fun with it. Like yeah. I, this is why I share Connor's videos every day. Cause I'm like, look how fun food He's having so be. much fun eating. Yeah. Why don't we do figuring, that? Yes. Because kids are the original intuitive eaters. Yes. That's exactly what they do. They're like, I'm full. This doesn't taste good. No, thank you. And we've just lost that compass. Well, I can't wait to see that book. Thank you, Laura, for joining us again this week. Yeah, thanks for having and me as always. Of course, uh, listeners, you know where to find her, Laura Ligos, the sassy dietitian on all social media. You can find us, Girls Gone Wild podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at Joy and Claire underscore. You can subscribe, leave a review, let us know what you think of the show. And until next time, talk to you next week. Like we do it.